Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com book. Thousands of you have read and dove in into The Gift of Self-Love. The reviews are just incredible. So many five-star reviews, and I'm so forever grateful that it has touched your lives in such a big way. After publishing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I noticed that many of you asked me for a tool that would help you build a daily practice of self-love into your life, which is why I decided to create a new self-love journal, 100 Days of Self-Love. It's got 100 journaling prompts that cover all areas of life, body, identity, purpose, relationships, emotions, and more. So you can think of this as a metaphorical multivitamin for self-love. You can get the journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. These two books, The Gift of Self-Love, The Workbook, and 100 Days of Self-Love, The Journal, are complementary to one another, so the content does not overlap. It just depends on what you want or need at this point in your life. It's my mission to share all the self-love tools with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can help you do just that. Let's talk about how to build stronger friendships. If you've been listening to every episode recently, you might have noticed that I have been very inclined to talking about relationships. And of course, this is precipitated by my wedding, recently getting married. But anybody who's ever had a wedding will probably tell you that when you make a big life decision, such as getting married, it also brings to light your friendships and your family and the other critical relationships in your life. There are some people that will surprise you by really showing up for you, really supporting you through this transition. And then there are other people that kind of take a step back or maybe aren't as involved as you thought they would be. You know, there's wedding guests who cancel the day of. And there's also people who I haven't spoken to in a really long time and they send the most generous gift for no reason besides just to be like, I miss you. I see you. I hope you're doing well and big congratulations, like totally heartfelt and selfless. And because of these events in my life, I've been really taking inventory of my friendships and the closest people that I've had in my life and what makes them so strong. And I'm really proud to say that I have a really good group of friends. So I have been feeling pretty fulfilled in the people that I do communicate with, whether it's daily, usually it's weekly because we all have busy lives, which I will get into, but it's just made me really grateful for the friendships I have and specifically the amount of substance that each of my friendships contain. 
So I just feel like very well-rounded and whole with the people in my life, which inspired me to talk about how I've managed to do that, how I got closer to some people very deliberately at times. I mean, I think the common misconception is like you either have really good friends, you either have a best friend, you either have a good group of people that you hang out with all the time just by accident, or you don't. Right. And I don't think that's true. I think that a lot of friendships, especially as an adult, like you have to just be very intentional with creating friendships with the people that you spend your time with, maybe the people that you don't want to really be associated with anymore. And that is totally valid. But I think with our individualistic nature of our society, the way our cities are like so spread out. And I'm talking about Arizona specifically, but like you need a car. Like my best friend lives in the town right next door to mine. And on weekdays, it'll easily take me 45 minutes to get to her house. So of course, that's like a big barrier to us hanging out. Whereas if we like lived closer in proximity, I would be over there every day hanging out with her and her kid, but it just makes it a little bit harder. And I'm sure you can relate to that, whether you live in a big city or a small town, there seem to be just like more barriers, not just physically, but like our lifestyles, like people are really busy. We are unfortunately, inevitably getting sucked into hustle culture, right? Work takes priority. And I think that a lot of our parents and grandparents, for example, would express that there was more of a common social theme, like let's get happy hour after work or let's do things together, raise our kids together. And maybe I'm kind of like romanticizing the past. I know that is a very real thing, but my mom grew up in former Soviet Russia and she talks about it exactly in that way. She's like, I would just go downstairs in my apartment building and all my friends were there and we were always getting together and, you know, getting into trouble and going to museums and, and the theater. And there just seemed to be like a more well-rounded aspect to the the social, the critical part of just ourselves, like for us to thrive. It really takes a village, not just to raise a kid, but to raise ourselves. Like we need that. And I think that even if you have really good friends in your life, I think we can all agree that life has been a little bit lonelier lately. It started kind of with like the pandemic where we're physically isolated and then maybe we're somehow connected through the phone. But even post pandemic, it feels like things started just moving so fast, so quickly that there was this like big overcorrection where we're just like in a rush to do all the things with all the people which brings me to one idea that has been like, now that I see it, I can't unsee it. Catch-up culture. And I know there's a lot of cultures like diet culture, hustle culture, like we hate all these <laughs> cultures, but catch-up culture specifically makes so much sense to me because I see it, I feel it, I experience it with my own friendships. And that is the type of relationship where you call somebody on the phone and you're like, so what's new? And then you recount how your week has been, what's going good, what's going bad. You're just kind of like telling people the events and then they do the same for you, right? And there might be some like gossip, a little drama, like there's not really a huge discussion of ideas and like deep, intricate, nuanced opinions. Do you know 
a lot about your best friend's upbringing and childhood. Like, what's their favorite memory? There's some friends that I'm like, I don't even know, like, your favorite food. How did they meet their partner? Like, do you know all of those stories? Were you around for that? Because chances are, unless you were around for a lot of those events, there are things about the people in your life that you don't know, that you won't know unless you care to find out. But again, the way that we meet up and hang out and spend time isn't really conducive to really getting to know someone, right? And I told my friends, I'm like, I'm just fucking sick of dinners. Like, do not invite me to another dinner or drink ever again, because what do you do over dinner and a drink, right? You're in a public place. It's loud. You're ordering. You're kind of shooting the shit. You're saying like, how are you? What's up? What's new? But you're not able to really like talk about those things. And I was really thinking about like the strong friendships that I have in my life and what makes them strong. And that is often bypassing like, what are you doing? What's new? And going right into like, how are you feeling? Or asking those follow up questions that aren't just like recounting of events. Think about the friends in your life and Ask yourself, how many of your friends are just coworkers or colleagues or people you just happen to see daily? How many of your friends are by accident? And how many of your friends are very deliberate and intentional? And how often do you talk to these people about ideas and experiences and feelings versus just recounting events and drama? You know, I used to work at the Outback Steakhouse when I was 16, and it was my only (laughs) time in like a corporate job like that. I mean, I've had other like freelance gigs and I've worked, you know, in the restaurant scene on and off. But this was like a two year time of my life where I was working at a restaurant. I was becoming friends with my coworkers. And it's really interesting to look back on who was really close to me back then. And all it depended on was just the fact that I saw them every day and we would all be in the back or near the host stand. And we would all just like kind of catch each other up on our lives whenever we could in passing. So there was no intentionality to it. And then guess what? As soon as I stopped working there, as soon as somebody quit or left, you know, even before I stopped working there, that's it. All contact was was done. And at a certain point, I would have called these people like one of my closest friends worked there, right? But as soon as we stopped working there together, we were no longer close. As soon as they moved away, like they were gone. So what is that difference between the friends that you do keep in touch with over distance, over lifestyle changes, over maybe some challenges, mental health, family, like who are those friends that you really hang on to and keep coming back to? And why is that? And I think I'm really at a point where I just want fulfilling friendships and I don't care how often I see you. I care about like the sustenance of when we're together and like how present we are and how much we can get into conversation, not being interrupted by like restaurants and waiters and just kind of going through the motions. I think we all know the experience of meeting people, going out with people and then coming home like, eh, like that was okay. Like whatever, that was nice. It was nice to see them, right? And I want to move us past that. So I want to highlight that the foundation of a strong friendship is honesty. 
as I'm taking stock of my friends and like how our dynamics are, I realize that the people I treasure the most are the people that are really honest with me. So my best friend, Ula, like she will always be the first to tell me if I'm overreacting or being hard on my husband or maybe overthinking something or not living up to my potential. Like she will be the first to be like, girl, you can do better. Like, I think there's something else here. I think you're missing. So she's always like the one to challenge me and like, be honest. And she will never just agree with what I'm saying just for the sake of agreeing. I think over time, our friendship has gone through ups and downs, but why do we always like remain close? I think it's because of this honesty factor that we know that each other is very invested in the other person's well-being, even if that means trading short-term comfort for long-term transparency and integrity and honesty and communication and those big things that are ultimately the values that I have in my relationship. So I am not interested in her just floating my boat. I really want her to to push me a little bit. And I I really appreciate that. Same with my other friends, my best friends, Dolly, like even my little sister, like I'm asking for fashion advice. Like my little sister is really good about being like, "Mm, it's not my favorite, but I like it for you if you like it. And those little moments of just, I will always be the one to tell you how it is, go a long way. Because what happens when shit hits the fan? Those are the people you trust. Those are the people that can really help you get out of a deep, dark place. Those are the friends that really stick around with you through thick and thin, not the ones that are just, you know, saying what you want to hear. So honesty, I think, is the first thing. I was talking about this with my husband. Wow, it still feels so surreal to say that. So we have a situation with a dear friend and there is some possibility of telling a white lie just to protect their feelings. And I really just don't align with that. I am really adamant on like radical honesty, of course, kind honesty, but I think that being honest is the kindest thing you can do, right? Like nobody wants to be lied to. One of my friends actually does a really good job of if she doesn't want to hang out with me, she will tell me. She will just say, hey, I'm not feeling up for it. Like I've had a long week. I just want to be at home. She's never going to like not respond to me or just kind of string me along or like pretend like the plans are set in stone or worse, still show up and still hang out when we both kind of feel like she doesn't want to be there and vice versa. So I think that your ability to get past people pleasing will serve you and make your friendship stronger as long as they're built on honesty. That is really, really, really important. Hey, self-lovers, before we continue on with today's episode, I wanted to let you know that my online course, Beyond Body, is currently on sale for over 75% off. Beyond Body is a four-week crash course program that I created for those who are done battling with food and body image struggles, and you want to learn how to find self-worth 
outside of your appearance. So this is originally it was a four week program, but now it's fully self-study and self-paced. And there's over 16 hours of lessons, including audio and video content. There's self-love workbooks to go with every section. There are four online retreat recordings, bonus guest interviews, and bonus guided meditations. So right now, Beyond Body is on sale for $47. So if you're interested and you want to check it out and sign up, you can go to maryscupoftea.com slash BB, like the letters Beyond Body, to take advantage of the sale and commit to your self-love journey stat. Again, this is kind of like a crash course. So if you do everything, all the tools that I offer in Beyond Body and you go through it in a month or two, you will have a better relationship with food and your body image. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash BB to take advantage of this giant sale. I hope to see you on the other side. So as you think about this foundation, for me, it's honesty. For you, it might be something else. I want to highlight that the reason that we are talking about this today is because the quality of your life depends on the quality of your relationships and not just romantic relationships. I think a lot of people focus on those and we feel like if only I could find the partner and build my little bubble, then I'll be totally fulfilled. But anybody who's kind of on that side will tell you like, that's a really unhealthy codependent way to approach your life. You really do need those friends Again, not just for yourself, like it takes a village, not just for yourself, but also it's a lot of burden for your partner to be everything for you. They physically can't be everything for you. One of my favorite relationship therapists, Esther Perel, you might know her. She's amazing. She writes a lot of books about like healing a marriage after infidelity and what makes a marriage strong and not just a marriage, but like relationships in general. And she talks about how if one person tries to be everything for you for the entirety of your life, not only is there no eroticism left, right? Like for lack of better terms, your sex life is just not going to be great because there's just so much pressure and burden and expectation on one individual. And it's probably reflected back to you where you're feeling the same way about them if they're treating you that way too. So some of us probably have been on both sides where one person was everything to us or you were everything to one person, and both of those scenarios are just not healthy for a long-term relationship. You really want like a well-rounded group of friends, and there are different people for different things. So you want friends that you go to for this type of advice. Maybe it has to do with family, or if somebody's a little bit more on the same page as you, when it comes to your career, like there are different friends and different people for different things. You know, I'm not going to come to my mom for marital advice because that sounds like a recipe for a disaster. And I just have heard from friends, like you don't necessarily want to talk to your parents about your marriage. It will eventually come back around you, but maybe there's a trusted friend who is in a healthy, strong marriage that you really admire and has been through a lot. So you talk to them about it. Or if I'm struggling with mental health, then I have a friend who really, really gets it because she's been through thick and thin with her own mental health. So I'm going to call her and get that advice. And then hopefully you, you have like a therapist or a counselor or somebody you could talk to. But like, again, 
different people for different things. And the number one thing I will suggest is to never, ever take advice from anyone unless you would trade places with that person in that area. So do not take marital advice from somebody who is single or has a bad marriage. Do not take mental health advice from somebody who is chaotic and doesn't have an ounce of stability in their own lives. Do not, you know, try to get health advice from somebody who's not living that lifestyle that you want. Like you really want to be kind of picky about what you're opening the doors to from a particular person. Otherwise, you're just going to be inundated with a bunch of other people's opinions, other people's expectations, and you're going to lose your own voice in that process. There are some people that will help you trust your own gut, your own intuition, really guide you. Like They can really hold good space for you. There are other people that if you ask them for advice, you walk away feeling even more lost, even more confused. So you really choose these people. Like with family, you don't always choose your family. You can definitely build good relationships with them. But with friends, like you're really like choosing your friends and and you have that prerogative to hang out with somebody or not based on if they're good for you. And that's what makes friendships so damn special. So, okay, let's get into like how to do this. So first of all, you need to ask yourself like, who do you want to be closer to? What kind of friends do you want in your life? This is just like dating, right? You can write a list of like non-negotiables in my friendships. So for example, right now, my husband and I are looking for, it's so funny, it's like making a dating profile in search of a couple, couple friends that are maybe recently married or engaged or, you know, in a partnership, because I think that would really serve us. And We were recently talking about how we would love more outdoorsy friends because that's something that we try to be like we try to like get outside and go hike and stuff, but we get a little bit intimidated and sometimes talk ourselves out of things instead of into things. So we would love friends that are like, let's go camping and then like know how to set up a tent. So that's something that we're kind of just like manifesting, at least I am. And we want those people to like push us out of our comfort zone, right? Like people who aren't necessarily doing the same dinner dates that we do with our other friends because you know, we already have people for that. We just want something else, something different and really sharing experiences with new people. And there are a lot of people that we would want to be closer to, but they live in other states. So again, it makes it a little bit harder. So we're really looking for people in that area. Okay. That's me. What about you? Like, who do you want to be closer to? And think like-hearted instead of like-minded. So the difference is that they don't have to agree with you on everything or share the exact same lifestyle, but there are certain values that are in alignment with you and you want to have some of those important things in common, but maybe they're into different activities. Maybe they have different religious beliefs or political beliefs or Knowing that not every single person in your life, again, has to agree with you about everything. And if the person is like-hearted to you, then that will only make your friendship stronger and that'll only make the both of you grow individually if you can disagree with each other and still like talk about it and grow from it. And again, this is like the epitome of my best friend. We have been through, like I said, ups and downs, but every single time we're like, you know what? Like you made me see something different. Like I really respect your opinion. 
And then we get to clarify each other's like intentions and what that real true lived experience is or the research that we've done that we can really like show to each other and just get a new light on certain topics that you can't really talk about with everyone. And that's what makes it really hard in this society is things feel just so heated and so intense and so fast that we don't take time to like slow down and talk about things with people and and build trust and know that somebody can disagree with you, but still hold the same values or just teach you something new about yourself, about the world, even about them. Like getting to know people is an honor. Like what an honor to know a human's like deepest, darkest thoughts and secrets and feelings. Like it's just so interesting. It's so connecting. And I think it's very necessary for our souls, like as a, as a collective, like we need that. So anyway, okay. (laughs) Esoteric stuff aside, next you want to ask yourself like, what, what do you want to do together? And I invite you to be the friend who suggests fun, new, cool, weird activities to do together. Like go on the other side of town to that thrift store or record shop or tea room. Like go find those places and just go do them together. Like go on a hike, do a camping or a cabin trip together. You know, some people that I didn't even know that well, I randomly invited them to a cabin up in Utah and they were from Colorado and like they showed up. They drove 11 hours and showed up and it was the highlight of that year. We still think about it. Like it was just so beautiful and we didn't really know each other at first, but guess what? We got to know each other. We had a giant adult sleepover for, I think it was two or three nights with people that I knew were like-hearted and it made for some of the best memories ever. So really like sharing experiences together, unique shared experiences will always bring you closer. Another thing is like, If you are really busy, you live like a fast-paced life, you have a lot to do, I think we can all relate to that. One thing I did with my friend who I don't see very much because she's a new mom, has her own business, like, again, really hard to make plans and set aside that time. I was like, what are you doing today? She's like, I got to go grocery shop with my family, got to go run this errand, that errand. I'm like, I'm going to pull up and let me go run errands with you. Like, let me go grocery shopping with you. Like, at least we'll get to spend time together and just like, dick around at the Whole Foods, it's better than us not seeing each other at all. If anything, digging around at the Whole Foods is probably just so much more like new and fresh and fun than the basic ass cocktail that we resort to. Don't be afraid to like step out of the box and just like invite yourself places and invite people places and just be that person that creates those shared experiences for your friend group. And I'm going to end this with the what portion of of things. Stop with the damn dinner dates. Like, I don't know why I feel so passionately about it. I think I'm just getting like so bored of boring ass dinner dates in the same place. Try to step out of the box and do something different. Or at the very least, whatever experience you're organizing, and hopefully it'll leave the group chat, Ask yourself, like, how can you make it special? So if you're doing a dinner date, like, can you bring questions or props or a game? Take a minute on your drive over there to think about, like, what do I really want to know about this person? And just, like, ask them a random question. Like, my favorite is, what's your favorite childhood memory? Ask them that and, like, go around the table and share that. And there's plenty of, like, prompts you could probably find online. I think there's, like, question games. 
Another way you can add a special touch is like bring people a small gift just to say like, I thought about you. Like that always makes people feel good or give the event or whatever you're doing a theme, a dress code. Like I think that puts you on the same page before you even meet up so that you already feel like you're doing something together from as early as getting dressed for meeting up. This comes from a book called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. I talked about this in the wedding episode with my husband. The Art of Gathering is really about how do you bring people together in a sacred, intentional, memorable way so that you walk away feeling like connected and whole and and fulfilled and like just excited about spending time with people. And one of the things that Priya Parker writes about is that your gathering starts as early as the invitation. So even like the way you send that text or that evite or the phone call or whatever you're organizing, the theme of the event, like any little thing that you can bring. Okay, so then when you organize this experience, consider changing up the location, even if you're like a mom who meets your friends at the park to hang out with the kids and get some adult time. Can you suggest visiting a different park? If you're usually going out for dinner, like, can you organize a no pressure potluck at your home? Why don't we do no pressure potlucks more often? That's one thing that I promised myself I would organize at least once this summer is a no pressure potluck with my friends. Like, just come over, bring whatever you can or want. I'll have snacks and let's hang out and play board games. To me, that sounds better than a dinner date, personally, just something different. I think it all just depends on like, what do you usually default to and then do like the complete opposite or just try to push yourself out of that comfort zone to create those shared experiences. Just be there, be present. I don't know. I'm just feeling this call to like people and friends and like the things that matter. And I'm sick of like prioritizing work over relationships and being so hyper individualistic and like all this talk about boundaries, which is important. Like, please don't get me wrong. It's so important. But there is such a thing as an overcorrection and isolating yourself and pushing people away. Protect your peace and bring peaceful people into your life that will also protect your peace and add to your peace. Like there are people that exist out there for you that are going to make your life so much more fulfilling. You just cannot do it alone. You need those people in your life. So attract them, be deliberate and intentional, invite them, open your heart. Okay. End rant on that. So I'm going to leave you with one last like practical tip. Okay. When you're doing this, it's pretty self-explanatory, like set a date, a time and like be there. Whoever wants to be there will be there also. Don't worry about, oh, they might not come. Like just invite, invite and make them welcome and do it. Like do it for yourself, do it for them, do it for your friend group, right? But I think the common misconception is that when you're making plans, they have to be like super organized in advance. And from my experience, that's not always the case. When you're bringing people together, sometimes I feel like spontaneous plans almost work out better than the ones organized super far in advance because spontaneous plans, it's like, okay, it's Saturday morning. What are you doing tonight? Actually, nothing. Like I haven't had a chance to organize anything. Okay. Do you want to go here? Right. I feel like you're more likely to like follow through on that because there's that like momentum and that energy and that excitement as opposed to like, hey, are you free on this date two months from now? Because between now and two months from now, so much can change. 
And also people aren't really good at predicting like how they're going to feel and how willing and up for it they're going to be in two months. So sometimes it just helps to just not be afraid to make spontaneous plans. Like, hey, you free tonight? Like, just ask. Like the worst they can do is say no. But I'm more likely to have an idea of what I'm doing tonight as opposed to two months from now. So I'm more likely to say yes to like, actually, yeah, I guess I don't see why I can't come and meet you. So that's just like a little practical tip. Anyway, I'm going to end this episode here because I feel like this is a lot longer than I thought it would be. I didn't know I would get so passionate about this and also struggle so much with my words, but I want to invite you to send this episode to a friend who you maybe want to be closer to. Maybe this will be like a big hint drop in your text together. And hopefully this will inspire both of you to create those shared experiences, to bring people together, to stop living life so alone because it's just, it's just no way to live. So on that note, I'm gonna get off this podcast episode, stop talking to myself and go FaceTime somebody because I've inspired myself. Okay. (laughs) Bye. I'll talk to you later. One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.